I'd like to to share quite a few things with you tonight. I came across a message in my journal of an experience we had in Love Crucified in Colombia, our Love Crucified retreat of 2016. It was the night we were having the covenants. And that year, it was the most covenants we have ever had in Love Crucified at one time. We had seven chalices on the altar of seven mothers of the cross. And I don't remember, there were at least three or four, I think, missionaries of the cross. We had around 11. And during the mass, right before Holy Communion, Father Jordy goes to the tabernacle to open the tabernacle to take out the cyborium with the host for Holy Communion. And the tabernacle door would not open. Different people came in to the chapel to try to open the tabernacle door. It would not open. They tried and tried, it would not open. Father Jordy had the one host that he consecrated the mass with. There were exactly 33 people in line to receive Holy Communion. And Father just kept breaking little pieces of the host to give each person Holy Communion, never thinking that one host would be enough to feed all 33 people. But the last teeny little piece of host was given to the 33rd person in line. After the Mass or during communion, I don't remember, but the Lord explained to me what happened and the grace he was giving our community that year in Colombia. And I'm going to share with you what the Lord said. He said, it was a sign from heaven of what is to come. You will look for me in the tabernacles of the world, but they will be shut. I no longer will be there. One host fed 33 souls. 33 represents me, my life on earth. At the age of 33, the end of my earthly life, I shed my blood for you. I am the sacrifice of love. 
the sacrifice of God's new covenant with his people. The triumph of my Eucharistic life is at hand. You, meaning plural, all of us, are my participants in this triumph. One host, one body. No longer two, but one in my sacrifice of love. Prepare your hearts and minds to shed your blood as one sacrifice for the renewal of the world. Seven chalices represent my souls who have allowed me to empty them and purify them so that they now become God's pure instruments to purify the world. The doors of my mercy are closing. The fury of Satan will be let loose for a short time. But my living hosts will pierce this darkness and usher in the reign of the Immaculate Heart of my mother with a new Pentecost. Prepare by living as one body with me and you will be in perfect peace during the time of great darkness. I did a little search today and I found, I thought a powerful definition of seven, the number seven, because we had seven chalices from catholicculture.org. And it says, Seven is the symbolic number of charity, grace, and the Holy Spirit. It is the term that stands for perfection. There are seven sacraments, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit seven deadly sins, seven joys, and seven sorrows of Our Lady. That was an amazing experience in Colombia with our community. And I had forgotten. And it wasn't by chance that I came across this message from 2016, four years ago. God wanted me to find it. God wanted me to share it with you so that we can remember together.
Seven represents charity, grace, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord says, this is the number of my souls that are allowing me to empty them, to purify them, to make them my living chalices so that my blood can be poured out upon the earth. That is us. It's amazing that the Lord was already preparing us as he has been all these years for these times we're living. Who would have imagined a few weeks ago that almost every church worldwide would be closed? And yet, this is what's happened. And yet, the Lord has prepared us for this also. Because my brothers and sisters, even though you might not have the daily Eucharist now, the Lord has formed our hearts to be his living tabernacles. And Jesus is truly present, alive in each of our hearts. And every day we can do adoration by entering, as he has been forming us, the heart. By encountering him deep within us and adoring him. We are his living hosts, my family. And we must believe. I'd like to focus now on St. Joseph because he is such a beautiful example for us on this day of St. Joseph. And I spent my time in prayer this morning reflecting on the pages of our path in the letter I sent you. So the first page in our path, if you have your path with you, you can follow with me, was page 74, number 22, in which Jesus gave us a beautiful teaching about St. Joseph. And he said, St. Joseph centered his life in prayer and silence. He meditated on the word of God daily in humility, seeking no places of honor for himself. How important this is, especially for us now, to enter prayer in silence when the world there is so much noise, so much chaos, so much fear, so much panic. My family, turn off the news, turn off the television. When the churches are closed down, the Lord has prepared us so that our homes, 
our rooms become his sacred sanctuaries. Jesus, as he was present in the womb of Mary, in the home, the living host, Jesus Christ in the family, Jesus is present through each of us in our homes. You are now the living host. And our homes must be those sanctuaries that are glorifying God, thanking Jesus for all those that are not, especially our shepherds in the church. Hidden, it continues, hidden, he remained content. The Lord has been forming love crucified for years as his hidden force. How well our beloved Saint Joseph knows, loves, and lived the hidden life. Are we content being hidden? The purification of our desires, the first nail of crucifixion is so important. Innate, we all have desires from our own woundedness to be seen to be recognized, to be acknowledged, to be chosen, to be promoted. And yet that needs to be purified so that our greatest desire can be to be hidden, to be ignored, to be set aside, to be forgotten, to be humiliated. The first nail of crucifixion brings us to the next level of humility. St. Joseph, Grant us the grace to desire to be hidden. Jesus continues in this teaching. Through the humility and purity of his heart, he was able to see the purity and holiness of Mary. Mary looked like any ordinary young woman of her time. But it was the heart of St. Joseph, so pure and so humble, that his heart had the capacity to see with the eyes of God, the beauty of God in Mary. The beginning of the path speaks to us about the eyes of our heart as Jesus begins to purify our hearts 
so that we can see others through the eyes of God within us. Saint Joseph, how each of our hearts truly grow in humility and purity. The message continues. When he learned that Mary was with child, through humility, he entered the hiddenness of his heart and sought to know the will of God. Saint Joseph suffered terribly when he found out that Mary was pregnant. Imagine he didn't know, but look at what this holy man does. He doesn't react in this storm. That was a storm for Saint Joseph. Saint Joseph doesn't react in anger, in pride, in self-righteousness, accusing Mary. He enters silence and he enters profound prayer to listen to the voice of God. And God blesses that holiness. How important it is for us during this time of storm in each of our lives that we with Saint Joseph must enter in our homes, greater silence and prayer to listen to how God is guiding us during these times. The ways of God are not the ways of the world. We must listen to him. Saint Joseph, help us enter silence and prayer. Grant us the grace to hear the voice of God. The message continues. Jesus tells us, this is what makes a great man to seek the will of God in all things. The Lord is speaking of both men and women. But how much during these times do we need holy men? Men that are capable of living in the will of God, not our own wills, not their own wills. Jesus continues and says, my power and strength were manifested in his docility and tenderness of heart. When men let go of their human tendency to control and rely completely on me, they will begin to possess the true power of God. How much the path takes each of us and how much this is needed for men, for the new atoms for these decisive times. Men that can enter their hearts, men that can come to know their tendency to control 
and more and more through the grace of God, like St. Joseph, abandon themselves completely to the will of God. St. Joseph embraced Mary as the mother of God and believed in humility, a true protector. We pray St. Joseph, especially for the missionaries of the cross, to embrace with true humility the holy women in their lives, to bless them, to honor them with tenderness and goodness, to listen to them, to never dominate and control them. Saint Joseph, teach men how to be holy men and how to see the beauty of every woman, especially the women given to each man in their lives. And finally, the Lord says, he embraced the mission of God revealed and contained in Mary, most humble. The mission of God was contained in our Blessed Mother. And Saint Joseph received that mission from her and blessed her and became one with that mission, obedient to God. Saint Joseph knew who he was. Saint Joseph knew his mission. He was not distracted trying to be someone he was not. He was not trying to take the place of our Blessed Mother. Saint Joseph entered the beauty of his hiddenness. And look at how powerful Saint Joseph is as an intercessor. He is truly our heavenly man, father, protector, defender, and provider. Thank you, our Lord, for the gift of Saint Joseph. And if we go in the path now to page 299, we have some powerful words from Pope Francis, also about Saint Joseph, that have much to remind us today on the Feast of Saint Joseph. And Pope Francis is reflection to the church is completely centered on Saint Joseph as protector. The, the fall from the beginning of Adam till this day is that our men, their capacity to be who God created them to be, especially protectors and defenders, has been wounded, broken, 
And like women, our femininity needs to be healed and restored in Christ. Manhood needs to be restored in Christ. And this is one of the big, the big sorrows in the church that so many of our priests are not capable of defending and protecting the bride of Christ. And what Pope Francis tells us on page 299 in the first paragraph is especially, I think, today for our men on this Feast of St. Joseph, an important reminder. Pope Francis says, but to be protectors, we also have to keep watch over ourselves. Let us not forget that hatred, envy, and pride defile our lives. Being protectors then also means keeping watch over our emotions, over our hearts, because they are the seat of good and evil intentions, intentions that build up or tear down. The path teaches both men and women to enter deep within our hearts, to encounter and find the evil that exists in all of us. For a man to become the protector, he first and foremost must become a man that is able to enter in his heart, to be attentive to his own heart, and to allow God to bring him face to face with his own evil. So that God can transform it and purify it. The chalices that he wants to empty. A man like St. Joseph that was so attentive to his own heart and to God in his heart was able to be attentive and protect the heart of our Blessed Mother and the heart of Jesus. That is why so many women lament and have profound wounds because their feminine hearts were not protected at times by their fathers or their brothers or their grandfathers, or their uncles, or their priests, their boyfriends. And this wound in the woman has to be healed. And we can only heal it in our Blessed Mother. Because as John Paul II showed us, if the woman's wound 
makes her become the defender and protector, she becomes a distorted woman. And how many of us that has happened to? St. Joseph, we pray that you help our men again become true protectors. And we go on here in this page, and I'll let you really take it to heart, men and women of our community. And the last page, we have a beautiful teaching of St. Joseph and the Holy Family I want to end with tonight is on page 349, number 131. And this is a real important message I saw today for these times we're living. It says, our Lord said, St. Joseph and Mary were perfect, holy, victim souls. They were united as one to the victim of love. St. Joseph never uttered a complaint during his many trials, struggles, and sufferings. This reminded me so much of our brother Jose. How many times has Maku told me that during Jose's suffering of cancer, he has never uttered a complaint. It is no chance that Jose's name after St. Joseph. We have a blessed brother dying of cancer who is so one heart with our beloved St. Joseph. The Lord goes on to tell us in this message, the human existence here on earth is full, full, my family, of struggles, challenges, difficulties, sufferings, trials, and tears because of the fall. I came to transform human suffering through my death and resurrection. The Holy Family lived the human condition through me, with me, and in me. Thus, their lives were transformed into love, the love of the Most Holy Trinity. The Holy Family lived, my family, the slaughter of the innocent boys that were killed. They lived the horrible oppression of the Roman Empire. They lived the darkness within the Jewish synagogue with their leaders. They lived poverty. They lived economic distress. But they lived it through Jesus, with Jesus, and in Jesus. Let us ask St. Joseph today, the Holy Family, that during these times of great struggle, of great darkness, we will live everything, every trial, through Jesus, with Jesus, and in Jesus.
with the joy of the faith of knowing who we are, our mission as the hidden force, especially now in our homes, and where we are going to die with Christ for the salvation of the world and the glory of God. Amen.